Warning, this podcast will challenge your thinking. Welcome to Business Problems Solved. In this podcast, we help you solve your business problems by providing real examples and practical approaches to make today better than yesterday. Introducing your host, the multi-sector, self-professed, most improved improvement person and qualified business problem solver, Lee Horton. Hey, it's Lee. Welcome to Business Problem Solved. The Confident Women Leaders series continues. We talked to Kate today from dancer to director and all the things that have attributed to her success. Hope you enjoy this episode. And if you haven't yet subscribed, then please do. It helps me um, engage and be able to bring you amazing guests like Kate and the ones previous. Hey, it's Lee. Welcome to Business Problem Solved today. I have the immense pleasure of chatting with Kate Burles, Customer Services Director at Biffa. Morning, Kate. How are you? Good morning. Yes, I'm good today. The sun is almost coming out. So yeah, it's a good day. Yeah, it's it's an early one at the minute. An early one. So are you, are you normally an early riser? Uh, yeah, I prefer to uh, to get up and at, at the day kind of fairly early. Um, I find that if I kind of uh, take that opportunity to take a, a lay in, then the whole day just feels like chaotic. So yeah, I like to get up early and, and get stuff done while it's nice and quiet and peaceful. Yeah, no, perfect, perfect. So for th- for those people who who don't know, uh, might not be familiar with who Kate Bertles is, who is Kate Bertles, and how has she got to sit in that seat? Today. Oh gosh, so well, it's uh, quite a, a bizarre journey, I think, for me to, to get where I am today. Um, so I started, so my career originally, way back when, because I'm fairly old, but way back in the day, I um, trained to be a dancer. Um, so my, uh, my career, my early career was around teaching, dancing and performing. Um, and I had you know, great opportunities of uh, traveling. I lived in Madrid for a while, so I had a, a great experience of doing that. And then kind of just decided that actually this is this is actually really hard work. Yeah. Because I love dance and I love doing it. It's really hard work and you don't get paid any money for it. So you really have to do it for the love. Um, so I, I then moved into sort of the corporate world um, and started my sort of corporate journey with a water company. Um, and I was so blessed. I was, you know, I had no experience. You know, I, I learned I knew how to stand on my toes for a living. Yeah. So. <laughs> They really took a punt on me to go and work in their credit team. I had no idea what email was, didn't know how to log on to a computer, you know, really, really basic. Um, and so, yeah, I, I was really fortunate to, to land with, the, with that company. Um, uh, worked with them for 12 years um, and, and just took every opportunity that they, they offered me. So started in credit management and, and qualified into uh, the ICM, the CICM as it is now. Um, and then and then just moved around. So I had the opportunity to start brand new teams. Um, I worked with IT, doing project management, change management. Um, really bizarre point in my career. Um, I got to be a statistician for two years. Wow. Still don't know how I managed to pull that off because I'm <laughs> not um, I'm not you know a heavily numbers kind of dark room type individual. Um, but yeah, but so I, you know, really, really grateful for um, the support and the leaders that I had um, that just took that chance on me and, and allowed me to, to kind of give things a go. Um, I then moved companies uh, to go into business improvement, actually. So I was a business improvement manager uh, for um, a certification body. 
And that was, you know, kind of went in kind of thinking, well, this is sort of a, a sort of a short term gig because it's around change. It's around they wanted to be more customer focused. So it's just helping them with their processes at that point. Um, and then I was, again, really fortunate that they saw something in me um, and I ended up leading the customer service team because the improvements I was trying to make were, were really tricky. Um, so, yeah, so that, that that was a great opportunity. And then there I kind of discovered, well, actually, all this stuff I've done at Veolia and all this stuff that I was doing um, at this other company, um, it, it was all kind of badged up as um, CX. And I was like, what is this world of customer experience as CX? So I then kind of explored that, developed myself in that arena um, and became the director of customer experience. Um, I then took a took a different role. So I'm very people focused, really, really like people. Um, but I, I I don't know why, but I thought, do you know what? I kind of want to go and do something where I don't have the people responsibility, where I can really explore um, change and I can really explore uh, customer experience on a more strategic level. Um, so I went to work for an organization that uh, is a roofing manufacturer. Uh, and worked all over Europe and had the great opportunity to go in and see different cultures, different teams um, and understand sort of what they were delivering customer service wise. Um, yeah. And then from there, I landed in, in Biffa because I miss the people. I yeah. miss you know, leading people and the inspiration that they give me to, to move on and, and better myself, really. So, Amazing. yeah, that's it in a nutshell. No, no, th <laughs> thank you so much for sharing that as well. So, from, I guess, my first question is, when you, were, when you were articulating your journey, you used the word fortunate a, a number yeah. of times. First, from when, when um, in your fir the first company that, that you were fortunate that they took a gamble um, on you, and then later in your journey as well. Is it that you're fortunate, or is, or is, it, or is there something, what do, what do you think that they saw in you? Um, I think I don't have I, I never have an agenda and I don't operate with ego. I think that's that's been a really key thing for me. Um, you know, I never take glory for things that other people have done. I, ne I don't work in a political way, so I don't say things to please people and to, to kind of do the, the right thing. Uh, very much aware that, you know, my success has only ever been because of the people that are around me and I'm always hugely grateful to, to those um, and, and I think, you know, just trying to see, I think the, 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 I don't know what they saw in me possibly was that I don't see that anybody is trying to do a bad job, that there's anybody out there that's trying to, to make life difficult. And particularly when you're working in change and you're trying to drive um, difference in an organisation, recognising that, you know, the individuals that you're working with have really valid points and have really, you know, good, good perspectives on what's going on and why they do things the way they do things. Um, so I think, you know, I, I, I do think it's fortune because I think, you know, having open minded leaders, I'm not, you know, I don't have a degree. I didn't go and study, you know, I don't have an MBA. I didn't go and study business um, at business school. But just that, you know, that opportunity to, to work with others and use their skills to, to kind of, you know, put the spotlight on them, really. Yeah. Yeah. No, thank you for that. And how did, how did it feel um, when you, I mean, in fact, the first question, do you, uh, do you still dance? I do. I do. And I love it. So I, um, so I'm a qualified dance teacher. 
and the local dancing school where my daughter goes to school uh, goes to dancing uh, they often get me to come in and cover classes so if they have teachers away then I get to to go back in and remember what it was like to teach unruly children which is brilliant Um, but myself I do still do ballet I still do tap um, and I do a, a weekly jazz class as well so yeah absolutely love dance yeah and how did it feel when you changed you so you, you were set on a direction you were going to be a dancer you were being a dancer internationally um and then you pivoted um mm-hmm. into then having to get a, a, a different type of career mm-hmm. how, how did how did that feel and, and how easy was that for you uh it was it was quite you know it was a big choice at the time um and I'm not going to lie, there was a whole piece around sort of body image and how what, how the industry, so the theatre industry kind of looks at females. Um, and I wasn't, you know, I could see me really struggling with that. Um, and, you know, I'm not, I don't have a typical ballerina type physique. So this was, you know, it was always a, a challenge. So the decision to, to move was, was a really deeply personal kind of reflection on, okay, where is this going and what am I doing with this? Um, when I when I moved into to corporate world, I was so surprised at kind of um, I don't know. It was it was almost like it wasn't such hard work. So dancing to be a dancer is really you know you have to have real grit and real resilience um, and be told that you're absolutely rubbish. And when you go into a, a corporate world and everybody starts saying nice things, it was a real you know kind of a uh, kind of light on moment for me. Um, but yeah, that 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 move into to corporate it was it was difficult at times because I you know again that political thing when you see others behaving in quite a political way I've never understood that and and kind of it baffles me to this day if I'm honest yeah and has the grit and resilience of being a dancer helped you in your professional career I think that determination to always do a good job to always uh you know be progressing myself all the time so when you're when you're dancing you know you're never at the top of your game you know you're always striving to be better and to improve and I think that absolute that mindset um completely helped uh moving into that corporate space because I was like okay what can I learn now what's different what's you know how can I push myself how can I develop where am I going um you know that's that's that said I, I didn't have a roadmap you know I didn't have these you know points plotted out on a, a roadmap to say okay I need to get to this point but it's just kind of taking every day as, a, as it came and and you know really trying to push myself and I think that is very much that sort of that theatre and, and dance background. Yeah as you know that this um, this episode is going to be part of a Confident Women Leaders series um, on, on the podcast. Um, would you classify yourself as a confident female leader? Mm-hmm. So that is, you know, that is the sort of the million dollar question, isn't it? I mean, confidence kind of comes in different ways. I think uh, confidence in knowing my own mind and knowing what the right thing to do is, I think I do have that. I think I know what the right thing to do is and, you know, very much aware of um, my value set and, you know, what what that brings for me. Um, confidence in, you know, I mean, being in a starting a job in a pandemic is absolutely shone a light on that for me. So the ability to speak up when you're in this little box with people who are really knowledgeable, who've been in an organisation for a long time, um, that, you know, that confidence to kind of challenge and, you know, ask questions. Um, I've, I have really struggled in this type of environment. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't see myself as particularly confident, but there are areas that I'm you know, really passionate about and do feel confident in, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, it does, it does not perfect, perfect sense. And, and I guess, so 
you, you took this role um, in, in the pandemic and you just spoke about some of the challenges of, of having to speak up with uh, in, in front of knowledgeable people in a, in a different sector to what you're in. How, how do you do that? So how do you do that? How do you overcome or how have you overcome those feelings to be able to speak out and to, and to start to make the difference that, that you want to make? I think, it, again, it comes back to, to that knowledge piece and that feeling that you're on sort of firm ground. Um, you know, there has been no, you know, there's been no, no behaviour that from others that would stop me from speaking up. Um, so what I mean, for me in my role, um, sitting, listening to customer calls, I was just saying to you before, you know, I'm listening, I've got a session of listening to customer calls now. If I understand my bit, I understand what our customers are feeling, what's going on in the business through the eyes of the customer, then that's kind of given me that confidence to, to speak up. So again, it's that knowledge and making sure that you are kind of sure in your own space. Um, that said, you know, when, when we get to other topics, I will still at this point still remain quiet and think, oh, God, you know, there's acronyms that are, are spoken about. that I think, oh, I need to Google that and see what that is or ask somebody. So, yeah, always using my team to provide me with with you know valid information. Um, but, yeah, it's that knowledge piece again. Yeah, no, I think I think that is so so important. So when I when I as we spoke just before, I've got like a, a confidence course or create confident change leaders or people leaders course, and in that I introduce um, a, a cue for confidence. So it's a little model, three step model. The C stands for level of comfort. The U stands for level of understanding, and the E stands for level of effort. So that the knowledge that you're talking about is about the the level of understanding. Um, about the acronyms or the the sector and, and stuff like that what what think what's coming across with you though is the the level of effort that that you put in to then to go and listen to the calls or to understand the things that that you need to 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 um to understand to give you that confidence to to be able to move forward um, have you always been somebody that, that's taken action that's moved forward yeah, I think so. I think that's, uh, you know, and it's <laughs> kind of talk about my daughter for a moment. That's the thing that probably frustrates me most is that like that inaction that you get from, you know, particularly children where oh, it's just too hard. I can't do it. And you go, OK, it's hard. So how can we make it easier? So how can we push it forward? And I think I don't, I don't know where that that particularly comes from, because I do see in others that it's not there. And it kind of perplexes me that you think, well, you know, yes, we're here today and it's and it's rubbish or it's not working or whatever. How can we put, you know, what can we do to make that better? And that might be something really small or it might be, you know, look like a giant mountain. But if we again take that piece by piece, um, then, you know, we're kind of eking forward and, and understand again where we're going. Yeah, no, completely. What's the, what's the dream for Kate Bertels? What's... What? <laughs> Uh, I don't know. What is the dream for Kate Burton? That's a really tricky question. Um, I mean, my, you know, I have aspirations of what I'm trying to achieve in role in Biffa. Um, I think, you know, the dream for me is to be able to help others. Um, I feel very, you know, again, very fortunate, blessed to have been given opportunities by other people. Um, and in my, in all of my roles, I'm always looking to kind of give that opportunity to the people around me. Um, so the dream for me is to feel like I'm, you know, I'm making a difference to feel that I am able to kind of reach out and touch people and, and really kind of inspire them to, to move themselves forward and, and to be the best person that they can be. 
um in terms of you know personal dreams you know there's there's a, there's a whole list of stuff around there i have a i have a vision board to my right at, um at the moment and there's you know there's pictures of uh, villas in spain you know that would be like an absolute dream um, to be able to to get to that sort of position but yeah lots of things yeah no so i guess what what's what do you see as the as the main blocker so just professionally um mm-hmm. to achieving what you want to achieve what's the, what's the biggest challenge in your way um, so I don't, what's the biggest challenge in my way? I guess time is always the biggest challenge. So there is just not enough hours in the day. There's not enough days in the week. Um, I want to move at pace. I want to deliver things um, and just finding the time and the headspace um, to do that. Um, I think, you know, it's almost kind of getting out of your own way and, and bringing others to the party to, to help with that. So I think probably I'm probably part of my blocker in terms of what I want to achieve in terms, you know, just having that space to to really be able to articulate it to others to, to carry things forward. Um, so, so, yeah, that's that's probably the big blocker. Um, then, you know, you come to the more kind of mundane things around technology and, you know, the investment that you need to put into to technology and, you know, the, you know, the desire to move a business forward, but also recognising that, you know, you need to balance finances around that. Yeah, yeah. One, one thing that's come across really quite strongly when we've been talking this morning is the importance of people, um, both in in. How, when they've given you opportunities, uh, but and also in in your choice of role as well. So you've cho- chosen; it's a conscious choice to come back to a role that allows you to to work with people. What is it about What is it about working with people that that makes you feel that way? That want that you want to do that. Um, I I just see that there's so people you know individuals have so much power and so so much ability. And I think we just stop ourselves. You know, we do get in our own way um, and particularly customer service. When I talk to people in customer service, there is no, not one single person that said, well, when I was at school, I was studying really hard so I could work in a contact centre. You know, it's usually a, a bunch of people who had dreams and aspirations of doing something amazing and grand. And for whatever reason, that just hasn't come to play. And as a result, you know, you, you come across these brilliant, amazing people. I mean, in, in one of my roles, I was leading um, uh, this this girl who she's a, an amazing reggae artist. So she's massive in Italy, you know, in, in Europe, yet to pay the bills she needed to, to work um, in customer service. And you kind of go, God, you know, like I need to help these people feel fulfilled in their, you know, Monday to Friday, nine to five. This is not her chosen career. She's got some other stuff going on that is awesome. But actually, you know, we shouldn't kind of uh, stop ourselves from being brilliant in that Monday to Friday, nine to five. So I, I just get a real buzz from being able to kind of join the dots together for people and, and make them feel that, you know, we are making a difference and what I'm doing today is worthwhile. Yeah. So, yeah. I, lo- I love that, what you've said there as well, because um, uh, different people have different motivations for, for doing and completing di- different roles. And the, the person that you've just mentioned there that has a passion and their purpose is not necessarily in delivering the customer service mm-hmm. role it's mm-hmm. it's outside of that and this is this is a means to enabling them to do that mm-hmm. how how have you engaged and inspired them to deliver in a in a place that they don't see them to be for forever how, how, how have you done that so it's a, again it's just those conversations those uh, make joining the dots for people to say 
okay you know this isn't where where you chose to be but you know what is it in your passion that you're trying to develop you know what is it that we can help to support there that actually translates into customer service um so you know for that particular individual being organized and being able to structure you know tour dates and you know arrangements that she had to do so you know investing in her in being organized and structured and giving projects and and other things to do in the workplace that absolutely helped us and benefited us from a from a corporate point of view but were skills that they could transfer outside so it's really just trying to unpick and and be a bit more creative about what we look at in terms of the roles yeah. um so i always try and find um things for for people where you know, they, they may not be the opportunity to be in projects. You know, if you're in the contact centre, we need you on the phone. But actually, can we develop you and develop skills that will help you on the phone, but also tie into what your dreams and, and passions are? Yeah, yeah. Did you ever offer to dance for her? <laughs> um, I know. <laughs> I'm no. not sure my uh, reggae memes would be up for much, if I'm honest. Yeah. <laughs> So if, if if Kate Burtles now was to meet Kate Burtles the dancer, yeah. what what advice would you give yourself? Oh gosh. Oh, that's that's a really tricky one because um, you know, I think if I looked back and kind of look at where what I was doing dancing-wise and um you know, I'm kind of part of me is is kind of cross that I didn't have more resilience and more desire to to make changes in that industry. You know, it's something that I feel really passionate about. And, I, you know, I talk to the, the kids that I have the opportunity to teach, you know, around kind of body image. And um, I do kind of regret in a small way, you know, that I didn't kind of have, I guess, the confidence at that time to go, actually, I'm going to carve my own path. I'm not going to be dictated to by, you know, the, the structure that's there. But that said, you know, I wouldn't change anything in terms of my journey that, that I've been on and the experiences that I've had, good and bad. You know, they, they, they help to develop me and shape me to who I am today. So, yeah. 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 What, would, what do you think Kate Burtles, a dancer, would say to Kate Burtles now? <laughs> she should probably go, what on earth are you doing? <laughs> You've gone from being really active and moving around and doing, you know, entertaining people to sitting behind a desk and, uh, yeah, I, I think she would be very confused. <laughs> <laughs> so so just back on the confidence, just just really briefly, um, um, I've mentioned to you, I think just before we hit record, that 70% of attendees who attend my course, my, my Create Confident course, are, are females. Mm-hmm. Um why do you think that is? Um, I think I mean I'm going to say the, the dreaded fa- phrase of imposter syndrome. I think we all suffer, and I think it is more predominant in females, but absolutely relevant to males as well. Around this imposter syndrome that you don't kind of deserve to be there, and that someone's going to find you out. Um, and this is something that you know has absolutely gone through my whole career because probably around you know my nervousness that I don't have the big business brain that I don't have the qualifications you know the degrees and MBAs that others do uh, but uh, but I'm I'm a member of um, St George's Leadership um, uh, Society of Leadership Fellows and at the time there there was a we had a coach there who just said to me okay you need to just stop talking about imposter syndrome you just need to move on from that and just own it and get on with it um and from that point I was like okay I can't kind of use that as an excuse but I think you know it's something that we all feel deep inside and I do think that females for whatever reason um we do kind of feel that more than more than males but it is certainly prevalent in in males as well 
Yeah. So when you when you say stop talking about imposter syndrome, because so I, I ran a poll recently and I asked change professionals um, what are the three things or what came of it was a, a, a part of the, the, the top three things that people worry about. And the first thing or the main thing that people worry about is imposter syndrome. Um, the, the second thing was not being listened to or not being engaged to. And the third thing was the thing you mentioned earlier about not having enough time. Mm-hmm. Um, so those were the, the top three worries. And when you said about imposter syndrome and you need to stop referring to or not stop thinking about it, how, how do you do that? Because you, you, your thoughts drive, I'm a big advocate of your thoughts driving your behavior yeah. and, and what you think about manifests itself in the, in the, in the real world and, and stuff. So is it just as simple as stopping thinking about it or is it, are there other things that, that you can suggest or advise? Yeah, so I think, you know, that that imposter syndrome comes from thinking you're going to be found out and that you're not good enough and, you know, someone's going to going to find you out. Um, so for me, you know, in the space at St. George's, it was about not articulating that, not giving it airspace, not giving it that energy. Um, and then on a personal level, just saying, OK, well, what is it that I need to achieve in what I'm doing now? Being really clear on what my, you know, being kind of, um, uh, yeah, kind of very corporate about it. What are the objectives that I need to achieve? And am I doing those the best that I can? And, you know, recognising that, OK, sometimes I might not be able to do stuff. But am I, you know, overall, am I achieving what I need to achieve in my role as it stands today? And particularly when I was um, when I came for, for the interview for Biffa, I kind of thought, do you know what, if, if I'm not the right fit, if I'm not the right person, then it doesn't matter. And kind of almost allowing that that kind of acceptance of self that just says, you know, I am who I am. I can deliver what I can deliver. And if that doesn't fit with what other people need, then that's not a reflection on me. That's just that I'm not the right fit for that role. So. I think it's kind of a combination of things, but certainly, you know, talking about imposter syndrome and talking about it and giving it airtime and energy, I think, you know, is, is kind of counterproductive. I think it's like, okay, fine. What is it that you've actually achieved? What is it that you need to achieve and, and stick into that? When did you realize that you are who you are? <laughs> um, I, I'm again, really passionate about trying to understand behavior, human behavior, why we do the things we do. Um, I um, was hugely influenced a, a number of years ago by um, the chimp paradox. Um, yep. So Dr. Steve Peters, uh, I created lots of training courses for my customer service team at the time around that and around exploring it. Um, so kind of taking that kind of look at, you know, simple look at how your brain operates. And then also I think values is a, has been a real key eye opener for me. So really looking down to, OK, what are my values? What is important to me? And, and staying true to those. So being very clear in my mind what my value set is. Um, I have them up on up on my wall um, as a reminder about what I'm, what, you know, who I am and what I'm about. Yeah. When you say because you mentioned values a couple of times, actually, um, how do you know or how have you gone through that process to realize truly what your values are as opposed to what you'd like them to be? Because when, when I have conversations with people, they say they, they try to give the, the answer of what they would like to be, not necessarily what they truly believe that their values are. So how, how have you gone through and understood what your tr- true values are to allow you then to be who you are? Yeah, so I, I worked with a coach, to be honest. Um, I, I took some um, investment, some personal investment in a coach 
um, and, and really explored that to, to really be clear, because as you say, is it just an aspiration? Is it how you'd like people to see you as opposed to what's true? Yeah. Um, so I you know, was asked lots of deep searching questions. And I mean, there's stuff that you can do online that would probably you know, do exactly the same thing to really kind of drill into, OK, what is it you know, out of everything that you've done to date? What is it that, that is kind of the, the theme that works through that? Um, I was asked as one of uh, a task for a, a different training course I did around um, creating an elevator pitch. And again, when you have to create an elevator pitch about who you are and what you're about, you start to really kind of understand, OK, actually, these these are what this is what I stand for. And the bit you know around people. But then that translates into that openness, being completely honest, very loyal. You know, these are things that, that are important to me and that I you know project out into the into the world. Yeah. When you hang up your career dancing shoes, um, how do you want to be remembered? Oh, <laughs> um, well, I would love to be remembered as someone that um, that helped others. I think that's the key thing that that made a fundamental difference to, difference to other people um, that allowed others to be the best version of themselves and to be a success in whatever um, avenue they choose to be. I think that would be what I want to be remembered for. Yeah, no, I love that. What I mean, what's coming across really strongly in in everything that you're saying here is just how authentic and genuine um, you are as a person and but, how, but also um, how comfortable you are in in who you are as well as well so the the, the importance of people um, I think it, no it's a, honestly I, yeah I, I really I really enjoyed chatting with you this morning um, <laughs> what are you having for your tea I'm having for my tea well in fact so actually, not... do you say tea I do say tea, yeah. yeah. <laughs> where are you from originally? Uh, so I'm from uh, Stevenage in Hertfordshire. That's where I grew oh, up. Yeah. And yeah. I now live just outside um, in a, um, uh, just outside in Hitchin. Gotcha. So yeah, still Hertfordshire girl. Um, but I, I'm married to a northerner. Um, yeah. So I have very uh, <laughs> grounded roots. <laughs> yeah, well done. Well done. That's, an, that's another right decision you've made. <laughs> So, so yeah, what are you having for your tea? So for tea, so lockdown has been um, not a good space for me. So the not going out, not wearing normal clothes um, and, you know, not um, not going out and seeing people and being in the house has meant that eating rubbish, drinking wine um, and generally not taking care of um, my nutrition has been a, a big problem for me during lockdown. Um, so I am on it at the moment since Boris uh, made his announcement I'm like okay I actually need a never mind a back to normality plan from Boris I need a back to work clothes plan for Kate <laughs> um, so I'm probably I, I've, I haven't planned it out today which is really bad I'm following a, a nutrition program at the moment which mainly consists of trying to have more protein which as a vegetarian is tricky um, so it will be some sort of leafy type arrangement probably with some tofu <laughs> Yeah, no, very. For a Friday night. <laughs> no, good on you, good on you. And when, so when you've articulated your journey, um, and I, I picked it up earlier on, you said that you were fortunate um, with, with a few people that have um, that have supported you and backed you and, and, and given you positions. What is it that you look for in people now? So if, if if I was to talk to somebody in twenty years' time, they might say I was fortunate that Kate Bertels gave me a role. Um, what is it that you look for in people? 
I think it is that putting themselves out there. So when I look, so obviously have the great joy at the moment of learning um, about new a new bunch of people. So I've got around 200 people within my team. Um, and I, you know, this this situation makes it very difficult to meet those. But what I'm looking for when I'm talking to those are people that want to, to get on that kind of indicating, you know, how can I develop myself? What can I do? So people who are just enthusiastic for, for life really is what I'm looking for. And, you know, I can shape and work with those people. I think, you know, where, you know, on the flip side where you have very close people that kind of don't want to engage, that just makes my life harder. But that doesn't mean that I wouldn't be interested in trying to help and support and, and work out, OK, what is it that, that you know is making me that way? Um, but yeah, you know, that, that putting yourself out there, that willingness to learn, that desire to, to progress. And, and um, yeah, that would be what I'd be looking for. Yeah, no, perfect. No, thank, thank you for that. Thank you for that. And if somebody wanted to find out a little bit more about Kate Bertels, where would they go? What would they do? Uh, so I'm on LinkedIn. Um, so I'm not hugely active on LinkedIn. I kind of have flurries of activity. Um, I go back to when I had a coach. That was one thing that she said, you know, you need to be on there, you know, putting articles out every day and talking about things that are relevant to industry and relevant to sector. Um, I'm, I'm a bit rubbish on LinkedIn, if I'm honest, but I do have flurries of activity. But I am there and I'm you know, more than happy to connect with anybody um, on LinkedIn and, and kind of have some conversations. So that's that's probably the best route all other social media I've binned so I don't I don't partake in any other platforms anymore yeah uh, yeah no amazing amazing no I, and I just want to say again just thank you for your openness this morning thank you for your honesty in in the conversation that we've had and sharing um your journey uh, it's been an absolute pleasure to uh, to chat with you and uh, and enjoy the uh, the rest of the day Kate and hopefully I'll get an opportunity to chat with you again oh thank you so much Lee it's been great thank you very much Thanks for listening to Business Problems Solved. You can contact Lee on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter by searching for Lee Horton, the Business Problem Solver, or via visiting www.leehorton.com for more content and to solve your business problems. And remember, saying you know how to do it is not doing it.